A little OPP in the house. That's right. A little naughty by nature. My man, Olden Polonese, the real OP minus the other P, joins us. What's up, brother? <laughs> How you doing? I'm good, brother. Thanks for uh, taking the time and joining us today, man. Appreciate it. Oh, it's my pleasure. So what do you think, OP? We we know that we got uh, Summer League coming up uh, next week. I know you're hitting town. Uh, you were You were with me. Side by side, we were broadcasting there from last year. I know uh, it's it's a it's a regular hot spot for you. And uh, give me your thoughts. I mean, we about about just we'll get into the specifics because I want to talk to you about Victor Wambayama and all that. But just uh, your experiences at the summer league uh, after all these years. Well, you know, it, it, it's cool what they're doing now. I think Juan Legarry's done a, a, an incredible job. You know, going from being you know one of the top agents to bringing summer league to Las Vegas and which is like the highlight of the summer for the NBA. I mean, it's the place to be, whether guys are active, not active, whatever, you know, we've had LeBron in the past, everybody's shown up. And so it's something to see. The only thing that I've always had against it compared to when we were playing summer leagues. And I think it was beneficial for myself and other players is the fact that our summer league had, the NBA players. It had Magic Johnson, Akeem Olajuwon, everybody. You know, if you were an NBA player, you played summer league. And so when I got a chance to play in the summer league, I was playing against an NBA player. Whereas this one is you're playing against the same guys that you play with in college and guys trying to make teams. So I don't think, you know, it's competitive, but it's not NBA competitive. Mm -hmm. And so that's the only gripe that I have. I, I do believe that if they had veteran players that were willing to play in the summer league, it would make it a lot better for the whole entity. No question. You and I are on the same page as that. And I remember us talking about this when we were there last year. And those days were great because those were off season, legitimate off season workouts for you guys. Because, yeah. you know, a lot of times you guys would go out, you go to the park, right? I mean, seriously, you yeah. go to the park just to get a run in or stay in shape and work on your shot or work on some stuff, right? Get up early in the morning, go to the park. You know, if it's not individual workouts or some three on three, two on two or five on five or whatever it is, man, I still remember. I remember going down to Venice Beach way back in the in the day when when I was shoot I was I guess I was in my early twenties or so and I used to see Michael Cage out of Venice Beach and I said man look at look, look at Michael Cage you know look at look, with his Jerry curl and everything just dripping wet there on the on the beaches there in, in Venice Beach and uh, but yeah I'm with you man because right now it's more about okay who's going to make this team and let's be honest I mean ninety percent of the people. Of those players are not making exactly. a roster. Ninety yeah. percent. I don't think I'm exaggerating, right, Op? I think that's the number. That's the number. Is at least ninety. Because mm-hmm. there's only a couple guys. It's like you know, you got your top picks definitely making the team, and then you know you have twelve, fifteen guys outside of the top picks. One might have a ch- might have a chance mm-hmm. to make the team. Yeah, uh, and so what we're seeing here. Uh, let's call it like it is, right? It's glorified G League, right? That's what we're seeing during the course of the summer league. And yeah, I'd so rather see the G League. <laughs> and, and, you know, I was going to say that too. So. And again, sorry, TC, I'm not trying to disrespect no, 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 the summer I league. No. I just think it's a way that they can improve it. 
mm-hmm. because it is a great entity. It's a great situation for guys. You know, you you get a feel. You know, you get the practices. You have some. You know, you have coaches that. But it's not even the coaches. It's like guys that are getting into coaching. You know, so now you have a twenty-six-year-old coaching you. <laughs> you know, it's true. to me, right. it's just, the psychology of it all, I think, needs to shift to where you know we make it even more like the NBA. Again, it's great to see these young guys. You know, we want to see Scoot Henderson. We want to see Cam Whitmore. I want to see these guys that just got drafted play, but. Again, they're going to be playing against the guys they just finished playing against. And this model that we have right now, OP, right, isn't going to change. I mean, it's 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 going to get worse and worse. And even with these top picks, people get all excited. They're selling tickets to go to the Thomas and Mack Center, the Cox Pavilion, and go check it all out. But the bottom line is, I mean, how much are we going to see of Victor Wembayama, the number one pick? Not much. Uh, Brandon Not Miller, much. the number two pick out of Alabama. The Scoot Henderson, who and you mentioned. That's the other thing. T- yeah. T- see, that's the other thing. Not to cut you off. That's the one thing I keep saying. It's like they play like one or two games. Exactly. So it's like, how much better are you going to get playing one or two games? Again, when we were playing summer league, we play, like I remember playing back-to-back games. I would play back-to-back games. Like I had Magic one game, and then I had another NBA player, Dominique Wilkins or somebody I'm playing against the following game. And I would do that. I would play multiple games the same day. Because I wanted to get better, faster. Mm-hmm. You know, these guys, they play. I remember when Zion came out. Zion played one game, and that was it. That was a precursor to what we were going to get for the rest of this career. You know, it's like because you're building bad habits. People think this load management and everything else is something that's positive. It's not. Because now all you're doing is creating a habit of not playing basketball. 100%. Uh, Olden Polonis uh, joins us, longtime NBA veteran, big man. And I want to talk with you about uh, Victor Wenbayama. He's going to make his debut here at the Summer League on July the 7th next week. Uh, and you've got the debut for the Spurs. And he will go against the number two pick, Brandon Miller. Uh, San Antonio will play Charlotte. Then the next game is July the 9th, two days later against, oh, by the way, Scoot Henderson in Portland and San Antonio. So the schedule makers have got this. And I think it's by design for these guys to play earlier on, like you talk about, you know, probably not going to see much of these guys after that. And we saw the exact same thing with uh, the top picks, you know, last year as well. Now the Spurs are going to Sacramento to play uh, in the California Classic, and that is at the Golden One Center, where you got a scaled down version of the NBA Summer League. But the Spurs says, "No, no, Victor, we're, we're not going to have you play. We're not going to have you play in, the, in this weekend's action. We're going to we're going to save you for that." And then not only that, um, OP, but they told him that they don't want him to play for his uh, native country in France yeah. for you know the World Championships. And now, I mean. Hey, you, you know about international basketball and this and that. This is that's very important to a lot of these guys. You know, I can't speak for Wimbayama. He's 19 years old. He's played in the French league the last couple of years. But I got to believe that you know his his French coaches and and veteran players from over there, the guys he's he's played with for all these years, they'd like to you know play with him and in a shot at the world championship. And now your NBA team is saying, no, not so fast. You're not going to do it. Where do you stand on that? I <laughs> see. Don't ever ask me questions. See, see, I always say, don't ask me a question you don't want an answer to. I don't like it. 
I mean, there's nothing the, wrong. The I, I, I'm not trying to put you on the man, spot or anything. No, it's just oh, like, yeah. we're the same the page. The young man is, yeah. is from, he's from France. It's his home country. Now you tell him he can't represent his country. But again, it, it brings me back to this point. I have never seen, only in the NBA, will you ever see 18 and 19-year-olds that are looked upon as fragile and pampered and everything else. And I'm like, wait a minute. At 18, 19, you should be able to run up and down that court for the next 20 hours without getting tired. I've never seen this. Only in, the, in, in basketball, only in NBA basketball do I see this. You know, this new era of coddling and protecting, or rather overprotecting, 18- and 19-year-olds. How else are you going to get better but by playing? That's the only way you get better. It's not by not playing. It's by playing. And so, But it's a way they, they are uh, basically saying, we know you're not ready physically. Even though we drafted you, we know in our heart of hearts you're not ready physically for the demands of this. But they just can't publicly say it or outright say it. And, but you know what's funny, OP, is that we're hearing like Spurs, you know, coaches and officials saying, listen, hey, we know that you can play. We've seen enough, uh, enough of you, whether it's, uh, on video or in person. We know you can play. You know, we just got to get you acclimated to the system, this and that. So that's their reasoning for not having Wimbayan and, and these top draft picks play. It's like, what are you talking no. about? I mean, this is the NBA. You're not playing internationally. And like you said, your body still hasn't even grown at 19 years old. So, yeah, you you do need to play. And for them to say, well, we know you can play. We know you got the skills. And that brings me to my next point. All right. So you get a kid like this. All right. And they're calling him Phenom. They're comparing him to LeBron, which just cracks me up. I mean, all the time we, you know, we hear this, this nonsense, right? I mean, how, what does this guy need to do to, to really develop his game, to step in with the big boys at age 19 and, you know, four months from now, being able to come out here and play 36, 40 minutes of contest. Okay. I'm going to break this down for y'all, okay? And people are going to get mad at me. I don't care. This kid, okay, there's a lot of talk. There's been a lot of talk. He was basically created and fabricated to be this next guy, Okay. Then I'm hearing all this, oh, he's the next great thing. And I'm saying to myself, have you guys really seen him play? You know, like people that know basketball, watch him literally play basketball. I watched Kenneth Lofton, who can't, who barely can get off the bench at, at the Memphis Grizzlies, destroy Wembenyama. I've watched bigger, stronger opponents destroy him in France, okay, when he played in the upper league. And so to, I don't want to hear all this stuff. They're selling a bill of goods right now, and I said this the other day. He, he's just he's a better, you know, a skilled Sean Bradley. It's like, you know, because based on the size, that's it. Yeah. Bo Bo has the same skill set. I've already seen this movie already. Okay, there's nothing new about him. He handles the ball. Bo Bo handles the ball. He can shoot from my side. Bo Bo can shoot from my side. He blocks shots. Bo Bo can block shots. So, again, I haven't, it's nothing new to me. The problem with young players, LeBron is the only one that's ever been ready to play out the gate. Everybody else struggled. Kobe, Kevin Garnett, Jermaine O'Neal, Tracy McGrady. We can go down the line. 
They all struggled coming out of high school at 18, 19, 20, whatever the ages are. And that's another issue in itself. <laughs> but they all struggled because it was a, the physical aspect, not the skill aspect. We see YouTube videos of people that can handle the ball and dribble. All, they got great skills, but they can't play in the NBA. This young man is really tall. So physically, it's going to be an issue for him. I watched Chet Holmgren. He was, again, he's what Wemanyama is now. Correct. We yep. would talk about Chet Holmgren. Oh, my God, I've never seen a guy dribble through his legs, pull up three. And then he played against who? LeBron James in a summer league. And LeBron drove to the basket. He stepped in. Boom. Broke his foot. The physicality of the NBA is going to be like nothing they've ever seen. Nothing he's ever seen. And he's got to do it for 82 games? Come on, man. They need to miss me with all this stuff. And you're right on the money. It's funny you bring that up because I had the flashback because you and I were watching Chet Holmgren last year, and there was a week or two later is when – he he broke his foot, uh, you know, as as LeBron tried to cross him over, and it's like, whoops, uh, yeah, no, fragile as can be. And you look at this kid, okay, he's seven four, okay, he's nineteen years old, you know, and and his quote was like, well, yeah, I I, I don't need to work on 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 my strength, you know, I don't need to to get in the weight room. It was like, whoa, be careful of what you say here, and then get this, and and you'll hey. I don't know if you're driving, if you're pulled over, but again, I don't want you to get in an accident, my man. But when I heard this one, I can hardly wait to run this, this by you. I heard people saying, well, the only guy that I can maybe compare him to is, is Ralph Sampson because Ralph Sampson, you know, was seven foot four or so or five, you know, right? No, this, this guy is not Ralph Sampson, correct? No, not even. <laughs> Ralph Sampson could play basketball three times play of the year. Yep. Come on now. That's why I said you guys are being disrespectful. The man has never touched an NBA basketball. He doesn't even know what the Wilson logo really looks like. Okay? He doesn't even know whose name is on it right now. I believe it's Spalding. Between Adam Silver and David Stern. <laughs> okay? And they talk about, oh, he's, he's, is he top 10? Is he top 5? Top 5, top 10, what? I'm, I get tired of hearing this crap from people. I'm like, if you're trying to get clicks and all that, I get it. I totally understand. But stop being disrespectful to the game and the players that came before. That's all I'm saying because it's total disrespect. And you're right on the money. You're 100% right on the money. And then for people to say, well, that's just an old guy that's – no, that, that that's an old guy who played in this league, again, who went through the grind and went through the grind the proper way, you know, and there wasn't that sense of entitlement like it was, uh, like it is That's now. That's a no. Casey, you know what I am? I'm an old guy with, without an agenda. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm saying, I'm saying you're an old guy <laughs> that has experience and knows what the hell no, he's talking I know, about. But I, I know to, to answer those people because they are, I know they're out there. They hear it all the time. No, I'm that guy that has no agenda. Yeah. I'm not saying this for clicks. I'm not saying this because I'm working for somebody. Yeah. I'm saying this because it's the truth. I do nothing but watch basketball. Like I say all the time, there is a lot of things I don't know in life. Basketball isn't one of them. <laughs> what is going to be Wimbayama's biggest obstacle or challenge for him as he starts his career? Same thing Zion went through, yeah. okay, but on the reverse. You know, Zion was gaining weight. You know, this kid's coming in weighing a buck. 90, 200 wet, you know, 
putting on weight, you know, getting stronger, getting used to the physicality of the game. You know, it's like I said, with Zion, Zion just, you cannot have that kind of weight and having that kind of torque and everything else in your body and moving the way you do and think you're going to be okay every night. It's an impossibility, you know, outside of all the other stuff he's doing, you know, but it's like, it's not happening. Wembenyama, his biggest threat to his career is going to be, can he stay healthy because he's so tall? These guys are coming. Giannis is coming full speed. Mm-hmm. Okay? Joel Embiid's coming full speed. A joke is coming at you, whatever speed he has. <laughs> but he's got that genius creativity he's, and, and that weight. So all these guys are coming. Anthony Davis is going to pull you outside, drive by. So it's, and I'm not saying he's not going to have success. You know, I think he's going to work hard. And do things, but I need him to just stop listening to the noise outside. You know, lock in, get stronger, because you're going to need it. Kevin Durant thought that. Kevin Durant couldn't bench press 225 one time. Right. But he knew he had to get stronger. Mm -hmm. At some point in time, you're going to have to lift weights, you're going to have to get bigger and stronger. So the uh, James Harden saga, we news today that Harden has exercised his $35.6 million option for this upcoming season, basically clearing the way for the Sixers to orchestrate a trade. Uh, I'm tired of hearing about him. I'm tired of hearing about Kyrie Irving. Uh, I don't know how you feel about it, OP, but what are the Sixers going to do with this guy and... Uh, does this mean I got to I got to watch James Harden uh, plot around the court again for another season or two? <laughs> hey man, I respect all the players, man, for what they do. This is a business, you know. He opted out. This is a business decision, you know. Only only the players are expected to be loyal, and so I'm on the, I'm with the players on this. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't matter to me what he does per se. You know, he did. A, he made a business decision by opting out of the contract, and that's what most of these guys, like Chris Middleton, did. I, I'm not going to opt out of a $40 million contract or $35 million contract, but that's old and politics. <laughs> I would never have done that. <laughs> you know, so, but it's like, it is what it is. This is the new age and era that we're in. You know, I think Harden's going to find a home somewhere. He's still that good, you know. The only thing I have a problem with is the fact that I think he has put too much emphasis on his well-being instead of winning games. Right. You know, even though, like I said, I, I respect what they're doing from a business standpoint, but you have to find a balance between winning and y- your business. Let me and ask- if you're not going to put the effort out there, because I do, what I don't want to see is James Harden right before he went to Philadelphia, that heavy James Harden. Right. I don't want to see fat James Harden. I don't want to see out-of-shape James Harden. At least respect the game enough to stay in shape and get in shape and be ready to play. If you are a coach or a general manager, let's, let's keep it a coach here because you've been a coach, do you want him or Kyrie on your team? And what does that do to your locker room? And what conversation can you would you give these players – because clearly it seems like there's been a big disconnect with both of these guys with their previous coaches. Well, players and coaches tend to butt heads, so I get that. But I'll say this with Kyrie first. Kyrie is beloved by players around the league and his teammates. Wherever he's been, he, they, they love him. 
So let's get that clear. Harden, on the other hand, he has issues with coaches, with teammates. So that's a whole different situation. And so it's like he's saying that he wouldn't he wouldn't mind going back to Houston. I think he and Odoka could get along as player coach, you know. But again, I don't know. You know, they might. It's always like this. You think that the marriage is going to work, and then something happens, something you don't like, and all of a sudden, you know, everybody's getting a divorce. And it's the same thing. It, it, it could look great right now, and then after, you know, that 10-day road trip, you know, you go on a losing streak, then people's egos get involved, all of a sudden, I want out. So you just never know with these guys. And everybody's become diva-fied in the NBA. <laughs> no doubt. All right, final thing, quick take. Chris Paul with the Warriors. Do you like it? You like the fit? Uh, Jordan Poole, out. Jordan had to go. Yep. You know, contrary to popular belief, you know, with the whole Draymond punch, Jordan Poole had to go. And the Warriors are mad with Draymond for punching him because they had to pay him more money. And they had to pay him at the point where they weren't willing to pay him yet. And so to me, you know, this was something that was going to happen. It showed you exactly how the Warriors really felt about Jordan Poole. Yeah, you know, because, again, I use that word divified, and that was the word being thrown around by a lot of the players. You know, he was being a diva because Steph and Clay, you know, they, they they had grown tired of Jordan Poole, and so did Draymond. And to the point where, you know, he made it personal between he and Draymond, and that's when Draymond unleashed that punch from hell. And, you know, but again, it was like, hey, now we have to pay this guy. And that's, like I said, that was the one thing the Warriors were kind of like, ooh, I wish you hadn't punched him. Then we could have given him $80 million instead of 130 you know. But, you know, moving on to the next part of the question with Chris Paul, I mean, Chris Paul's an all-time great, you know. And this is definitely going to be new for him because now you got guys that are constantly moving. And Chris Paul is the guy that wants to walk the ball up. So that's not the Warriors' style, and they're not going to change for Chris Paul. So he's going to have to come off the bench, and I think his value is going to be more at the end of games. You know, but I know one thing for certain. You know, he ain't going to turn the ball over like Jordan Poole. He got that right. He's going to take care of that basketball. (laughs) He got that right. You are definitely going to get a possession. (laughs) Old Apollonies, my man, I appreciate the time, man. Uh, As always, we look look forward to seeing you out here in a couple weeks uh, at the Summer League. Uh, uh, We'll get you in studio, get you on site, man, and, um, and break some bread hopefully as well, too. Awesome. Take care, brother. Appreciate it. All right. Thank you. There he is. One of the best, Oldham Polonies, not only as a player uh, in his you know longtime career in the NBA as a center and a big man, but as a coach and on the mic as well, too. Uh, great as a broadcaster. And uh, I always appreciate having him on part of the family here.